Brian Kilmeade does such an unbelievable job for our station. He really does. He's a great radio host. He's a tremendous TV host. So whether it's 10 o'clock after me every weekday, Fox and Friends on Fox News every morning, or his own great show, which I watch every Saturday night on Fox News, One Nation, he's, uh, he's just great. And he's on this show once a week. I'm on his show quite a bit. He the man. Here he is, my dear friend, Brian Kilmeade. Good Wednesday morning, Brian. Hey, Sid, thanks a lot. Also, John Castamatitis will be on the show today. Uh, he'll be on TV and, and radio. So uh, John Castamatitis will be on this week. He'll be on the weekend show, but he's also going to be joining me. I'm about halfway through his book. It's uh, extremely impressive. Uh, from nowhere to everywhere. Oh, it is uh, amazing. A billionaire, obviously. Yeah. Yep, a Greek immigrant who uh, now is worth upwards of $4 billion. <laughs> I mean, it, it is a great book, and uh, he's a wonderful man. On top of that, not often you find somebody worth that amount of money who's also a good guy. In fact, you know, Brian, most people worth that amount of money are pricks, but not John Katsimatidis. Well, listen, Sid, you can't put words in my mouth. I don't think rich people are like that. Yes, you do. You can't say most people like that. Yes, of course and you And the do. other thing is, for him, for that, now I understand why you get a billion dollars, is because he's still got three left, right? right. He takes money from that uh, from that minor league baseball team, those salaries, and gives it to Sid in the morning. Because well, right. they don't get a 7-6. 7-6. Right. I was saying to myself, how can you afford to pay Sid $1 billion? And then you just told me he's worth 4 There you go. Uh, actually, the manager of that uh, baseball team you're talking about, the Staten Island Ferry Hawks, Homer Bush, will join me in about uh, two and a half hours at 925 this morning as we gear up for Met baseball, Yankee baseball, and most importantly, Staten Island Ferry Hawk baseball. But I want to start with, with the mayor. I came in this morning and, uh, you know, I had these conversations early with Frank Morano. He's getting off the air. I'm preparing for my show. And we're talking about uh, Eric Adams and the comments he made about how basically you take religion out of schools. Next thing you know, you got a school shooting. And maybe that wasn't exactly articulate. But I got to tell you, of all the things going on in this city, of all the things that Eric Adams has said and done wrong, I have the least problem with this one. And I almost I almost know where he's coming from because he's right that with religion, some of these kids would be less apt to do something terrible. So I'm not exactly sure, neither was Frank, what the uproar is actually all about. Uh, I think it's interesting, you know, all these groups go out of the way to make sure that people don't have any moral standing. The last thing we want is people living up to a higher power. So I am not the most religious person in the world, but there's nothing wrong with someone in leadership that has a religious background, that has a, a set of beliefs that guides them. Exactly. You know, obviously in, in a positive way. And for them to talk like a human being at a prayer breakfast and say, that's my thought. Right. And yeah, to me, it's it's all good. And I think he should welcome the backlash. Because look at the people mad at you. Uh, they usually have huge issues. And what they're trying to do is, you know, you have these kids in these adverse situations where the parent with a with a bizarre parent situation or no parent situation. So a lot of times when you take prayer to schools, but you don't have that religious class to reinforce it. So prayer in schools is that one moment where uh, I don't even remember it. I mean, it predated us, Sid, before we were in school. So we never had this. We had the stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. But what I what I found, too, is I know kids who went to private school and they never complained about 
the obligations of going to mass or whatever that religious school demanded. You never heard them come back and go, you know, I can't believe I got a test in religion and you public school guys don't have to deal with that. Once you get in and you get taught by people that believe what you believe and they put bring that into the work ethic and other things and then you go back and you talk about other stories that can actually teach you, just like, hey, is this going to be on the test? Oh, by the way, this is just for you to be a better person. No one ever complains. I wish I didn't have religion in college or in high school. And that, to me, is his point. Well said. Now, look, it is clear the people of Chicago are racist. They actually did something yesterday, which I find to be a lot more gross than what Adams did. Yes, they placed safety and crime ahead of a black female. I mean, I, I, another conversation I had with Frank this morning was... And as, lesbian. Yeah, and lesbian, you're right. As bad as Bill de Blasio was and something he's the worst mayor ever, at least he appointed a very good sanitation head, FDNY head, NYPD head a couple of times, including Bill Bratton. That was Frank Morano's point, and it's hard to argue. This lady did nothing right in Chicago. She's even worse than Bill de Blasio. So I'm not sure who's going to win in Chicago, but her loss is certainly an Illinois gain and a country gain. Yeah, I mean, she's she's a uh, she's a comic book character. She's not serious. I mean, she was actually telling people, if you're not going to vote for me, don't show up. Then she was trying to coerce students to go out and hand out her flyers to get her reelected. We know that she passed one of those ridiculous rules that told cops, stop chasing criminals if they're trying to run away. Let's not do it. She lost tens of thousands of cops. She just said, I'd rather I'd rather just leave this city, stop working, go get another job uh, rather than work for her. So it allowed crime to run rampant. I mean, you look at this. Uh, Chicago, Chicago crime surged under Lori Lightfoot 59%. Shootings up 49%. Robberies up 27%. 270% rise in motor vehicle theft. You might as well start it up and just get out at the light and just hand it over. Here's my insurance card and here's my registration. So, I mean, for her to even consider herself, she thought she was going to like coast to re-election. It's going to be this guy, Brandon Johnson, who's on the record. This is the runoff between the two. Or Paul Vallis. Brandon Johnson, all I know is that he was saying we have to defund the police. So good luck with that platform. Paul Vallis, who used to run the school system there, seems to have more promise. But you know what's ridiculous? No Republicans ever run. Nope. I mean, nope. where are the way, Republicans uh, uh, trying to take back these cities? They're not. And of the nine people that ran yesterday in this runoff, I believe Vallis was the only white person. Is that right? You know, I didn't I didn't. Uh, I see think it. so. Uh, yes. I don't know. Is he white? I, Paul I Vallis, believe so. Brady Johnson. Yeah. I believe so. But either right. way, you're right. No Republicans. So you're going to get a Democrat anyway, but hopefully a Democrat that's not as bad as this one. But talking about Republicans, you guys at Fox News, Brian Kilmeade, run a fascinating poll a couple of days ago, which Bill O'Reilly was talking about on this station last night. And I mentioned yesterday as well. And that is, I guess, you poll just over a thousand voters about their choice for the 2024 GOP nominee. And I guess that trip to Ohio was a big deal for President Donald Trump last week. I had Lara Trump on the show yesterday because in this particular poll, 43 percent would prefer Donald Trump to be the Republican candidate as opposed to just 28 percent for Ron DeSantis. Were you shocked when you saw these poll results? 
Four new polls show that Trump receiving a boost of Republican support. One survey, 50% showed uh, the crowded GOP field. According to Axios, he was above. So he's doubling DeSantis, who's solid at second in every single poll. It reminds me, it could be uh, the Yahoo poll, YouGov poll, to open up an eight-point lead on DeSantis. That's so a little bit closer. So it is a trend. And I think on the left, they are just stunned because they say to themselves, wait a second. A pure political play in New York, trying to get him personally and professionally. Uh, in Georgia, we see that was that whack job, that would-be online witch, who's the foreperson for the Georgia grand jury on whether he should be indicted or not, which basically nullifies that case. And then you got the controversy with the Mar-a-Lago paperwork, and then the January 6th investigation, and they turn around and go, yeah, who's leading Donald Trump? Why do you ask? I mean, think about this. Mitt Romney almost destroyed himself by saying... You know, uh, I think you're only going for uh, 10% of the people will never work. Remember, 49% of the people will never yep, vote for yep, you because they're yep. basically getting paid. Uh, remember, uh, George Allen came out and said Vakakta, and he was considered <laughs> a favorite to get the Republican nomination. He destroyed Donald Trump every day. Donald Trump is two months after having dinner with a white supremacist, and Kanye West was the logical one at that dinner. Uh, I mean, think about this. And he'd say, oh, yeah, he's my pick. And then yesterday I was in Ponte Vedra, and, which where Ron DeSantis was once a congressman who went to the Metro Diner. And I asked people, probably 10 people, I said, rapid fire, Republican nomination. Who do you want? Everyone said Trump. Every one of them. And, and your interview was great, just so you know. I did play a bunch of your cuts yesterday morning, even before you played it, especially the question when you asked Ron DeSantis, have you reached out to Trump? And again, Ron DeSantis took the high road. And again, late yesterday, Donald Trump lame-bested Ron DeSantis. So, it, I mean, at some point, DeSantis is going to have to start to play a little dirty because playing nice doesn't seem to be working. Well, Rubio got destroyed when he came out and played his game, and he never recovered from it. You know, he was just basically out one month later. Ted Cruz tried to do it. He got uh, got destroyed. See, what Ron DeSantis has got to just look at, and I know you know this, how do, I, how do I win the argument and not lose the Trump voters? So how do I do that? So if I come out and say, let me just look at what you've done. He says, I can't agree with what he's done. A lot of, I, I appreciate what he's done, but I don't agree with everything, especially things he done lately. Yeah, but he never stated but he never stated one specific thing. So it came across as, you know what, the guy is really great. He's had a couple of rough months. It wasn't like he really seized on th- on something specific lately and he beat him up. I mean, again, I played your cut two or three times. It was a pretty complimentary cut. It was. And the book, read every word of it, it just chronicles the things he's done, the way they've worked, moving the, the embassy, what went behind the scenes, how Trump went against conventional wisdom and got rid of the foreign policy uh, advisors that he got and went more with his instincts. And so he didn't say, didn't spend a chapter going and Donald Trump as the charisma. And he did. He just said policy wise. I loved it. This is my conversation. They have this. You, you used to live in Florida. You know it better than me. They got this algae issue. Yes. That was it. It's a major story. I know it sounds nebulous with us, but if you're in Florida, it's big. He went and met with them. He's like, listen, the Army Corps of Engineers is not doing anything. You got to go. Can you go over there and tell them that they got to get something done by a certain amount of data or I'm going to be screwed for this entire season? And Trump's like, yeah, uh, I'll do it. Make sure Florida goes for me in the 2020 election. He goes, you got it. So that's an exchange that he put in the book. Didn't have to do that. It makes Trump look good. You know, getting things done for a key state. So... Um, 
you know, so Trump is still going after us on a, on a daily basis. I know I how know. he plans on yeah how he plans on yeah. uniting the country or getting Democrat and moderate votes yeah. when I think between thirty five and forty two percent of our audience are, are considered moderate and Democrats. So why do you? You know, and I don't know if you know it. When when people like you, they're very loyal to you. They're not like, hey, I watch you. They're all in or all out. So you're you're making people make a choice. They nobody is comfortable with the DeSantis Trump arguments. It's almost like two brothers arguing. Yeah, uh, and you you want them both to win and both to lose. Uh, you know, about two minutes to go. Uh, Tucker Carlson last night, your colleague and friend. And I never miss him. I, I keep telling you, I got two man crushes at Fox News, and it's you and Tucker. Sorry, Jesse. And uh, Tucker last night yeah. uh, talked about Joe Biden's age, how he'll be 82. He's already 80 uh, when this uh, run is over. And right now, the Democrats have no plans to run anybody against him. Not right now. And there's a possibility if he wins, he could be 86 years old and be the president. And by the way, He's not a young 80. He's a mess. He's got all kinds of cognitive issues. He's talking to people who are dead. He looks and talks sideways to somebody who's not there. I've been saying Jill is a monster for years. Finally, Tucker and Candace Owens said it last night. And the question was, is he too old to be president? And and the problem is people hear that and they get offended. The question is, Brian, why? He is too old. He just is. He is. And there's no bench. If Donald Trump was 81 and failing, uh, he there's 11. There's literally you heard the two. I got my two guests today. I got Tim Scott and I got Nikki Haley on. Both nice. these tell me they couldn't do the job. Mike yep. Pompeo, of course he could do the job. Mike Pence, of course he can do the job. Ron DeSantis, yes. Sununu, to me, absolutely. Who's the best? Who's the best out of eight? Now, please tell me, and I might be missing it. They're pointing to the governor in Maryland. The guy's got the job literally for six weeks. He's the heir apparent? Are you kidding? So, I mean, Governor Gavin Newsom, he's destroyed California. I've never in my life seen either party with less talent than the Democrats right now. And now there's 30, only 37% want him to run again. But basically, every Democrat will support him and they change the primary schedule for him. Nobody stepped up to take him on. There's no Ted Kennedy taking on Jimmy Carter. There's no Reagan taking on Gerald Ford. So meanwhile, those guys were in their prime. Even Don Lemon would admit that. So <laughs> then what are you doing now? But even Don Lemon. That's true. Boy, if um, if she's not in her prime, Nikki Haley at 51, what exactly is Joe Biden at 80? Hey, uh, these conversations are great. You're great. Your show is great. Your TV shows are great. I say this every week because it's true. And I just love you as a person, too. So thank you for hopping on today, Brian, as always. And I look forward to watching you later on today and talking again next week. Have a great rest of the week, buddy. Love you. Uh, back at you, Sid. Uh, continued success. And by the way, for anyone keeping score... He got a 7-6 in January. <laughs> See you later, Sid. You're the best. Brian, I was on his show. He's got a great radio show on Fox News. As you know, you listen every day at 10 o'clock on Friday. And I was on for about 12 minutes, and I made him say I got a 7.6 on national radio about five times. <laughs> He's the best. Brian Kilmeade, folks, follows me every weekday at 10 a.m. right here. Also, Fox and Friends and One Nation on Fox News. 
I've been hearing a lot about Lang Insurance. They sell luxury home insurance to high net worth individuals in all 50 states. Call Kevin Lang at Lang Insurance. Call 866-964-4434. He's an expert in reviewing your current coverage to save money, leaving you with your current insurance company or moving you to a less expensive one. Clients rave about his skills. You call, they quote, you save. That's 866-964-4434 or just visit langins.com. 